What a fucking match day, man. What a match day, folks. Welcome to the Give and Go. I'm your co-host, Reynoso. And unfortunately, I'm going to be taping this episode alone. I'll be doing this one alone tonight. It's a, it's the rain no show today. All right, it's just me. I'm pulling through for you guys. I think Saltero actually got, I think got COVID. I think got a little sick. So Saltero got a little sick, right? Producer Rudd, you want to step in? I think Saltero got a little sick today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His throat's, yeah. Yeah, I, I think his, his throat was hurting him a little bit, so I think he's a little sick. Right, right. But, hey, it's the Reno show, you know? It's the Reno show. I'm back. And, folks, what a match day. One of the greatest days I've ever seen in World Cup history. And I'm just playing with you, folks. Instead, I got my co-host, Saltero, right here with me. Please show him on the camera right away. Please. He is sick to his stomach right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> Welcome to the Giving Up, man. If you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure to rate us five stars on there. If you're on YouTube, make sure to like this. Please, please like it. Please subscribe so that we can get some, uh, you know, we can get on people's uh, home feeds and whatnot. But here we are to talk about what happened today, man, because... First off, before we get into anything, right? We got a lot to talk about. We really do. The chat is very active, and I want to talk to these people, man. Oh, we will. But before we get into that, man, what an incredible day of football, man. Oh, yeah. What an incredible day. Today is one of those days where it reminds me that watching a football match like these that we witnessed today, it's like going to the doctor, man. You get to check how you deal with stress. <laughs> you get to check your anxiety levels. You know, you get to see if your blood pressure is like, dude, okay. I ain't doing good, bro. I ain't you, doing you good. You get to see if you have heart attacks under big pressure. Man. Yeah, 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 It's crazy. The amount of drama that I was able to, like, handle today, I didn't know I could do that. I, uh, I did I, not right, know though. I could do you're that. You're right, dude. But, yeah. But yeah. football, this beautiful sport, continually tests me on an emotional and spiritual level, continually. And I've been watching this sport religiously for 12 years now. And every now and then, I get a day like today where I just cannot believe what my eyes fucking saw. Yeah, bro. I, I, I was going into that last penalty shootout. We'll talk about that in a second. We're going into it. I was like, I truly don't know if I can handle this. I truly don't know if I can handle it. I don't think the human body, evolutionary, right. I don't think for the past... 2,000 million years that humans have been alive, I don't think we were meant to experience this much mm-hmm. fucking drama in a day, man. <laughs> it's a fucking beautiful thing, man. Yes. I'm out here drinking. Please, if, you, if you're above the age, please share a drink with us, man. It's a party today. It's a party because we had incredible matches, and that in itself feels amazing to me. But let me get started yes. with something that needs to be talked about right Go off ahead. the bat, man. Right off the bat, there's no point wasting any time talking about anything else. We got to talk about this topic. So, for the longest time, man, the Give and Go has been a, um, a big international football uh, content channel talking mm. about all things world football. And uh, a few months ago, we started talking about Argentina and we got on people's radars because there's a general negativity towards Argentina and how are they playing, mainly tailored by you. You right. know, you're the poster boy for that art, that anti-Argentina narrative. And people dubbed you an Argentina hater. People criticized you for it. But you believe that because of the confederation they were in, mm-hmm. because of the way that they played, the names on the team, you just couldn't, you couldn't fully buy right. into the Argentina narrative the way that other people were with their whole 35, 36 game unbeaten streak. So we made these videos, man. We were on TikTok talking all this shit, saying that Argentina hasn't truly been tested. Comebol has completely disappointed. They will, they will falter. The moment that they get tested and that they show up on a big stage against a European side. And so for that reason, this game became a big talking point for the give and go, for the give and go viewers, because 
It's Argentina against the Netherlands, man. Yes. Against the Netherlands, it's time. It's time to finally get that answer, to finally see how does Argentina perform against a European side. I know that Argentina-Italy match happened, but you were critical of that matchup. You thought Italy wasn't so. at their best going into that game. And so not, now you have a game where you can't use any excuses, you know? Right. You can't use any excuses. It's a World Cup quarterfinal matchup following up a Brazil demise. Does Argentina step up, man? Yeah. Does Argentina step up? How should I even go about this, man? <laughs> should, I go, should, I, should I talk about the match? Do you want to you get your points in right now? Let's Do you want the see. floor, brother? Yeah, because it's time you acknowledge what happened today. Right, absolutely. And this gets a little tricky because I kind of laid out my stance in the last shoot. Now, of course, it wasn't an Argentina match day, so maybe a lot of maybe Argentina fans missed that. But my the last point that I made was... At the end of the day, I was only an Argentina hater in most people's eyes because I was just not fully convinced. I actually think Argentina is a good team. I predicted that they would top their group, even though I was anti-Argentina. And yeah, I did have them getting out of the round of 16, but it's also just because I got that Denmark prediction completely wrong. But I think a lot of other people did too. But besides all of that, I do agree. Today was the test. And they passed. Just but they did pass. And so that's my ultimate takeaway here. Without getting deep, and we'll get deep, without getting any deep, the face value analysis that I can give, my final conclusion is Argentina are in the top four. And that cannot be taken away. They are a top four side, top four international team in all of football. They're going to a World Cup semifinal. Therefore, they're a very good team. So congratulations to Argentina. I thought, in my, and let's go ahead and start talking about the game. I thought today was Argentina's best performance as a whole over the course of 90 minutes in one singular game at this year's World Cup. I thought they managed the game very, very well, and they had a big physical grit to them, and they didn't let the Netherlands really boss the game. I know in the first half there was maybe like a 10-minute spell where the Netherlands just kind of kept possession and kind of rotated the ball, going back and forth, tried to send in crosses, tried to find Dumfries, tried to find Frankie de Jong, tried to get Depay involved, but for the most part, it was all handled by Romero, Martinez, and Otamendi. And through the rest of the midfield, McAllister would get the ball. He'd hold on to possession. Then they'd give it off to Leo Messi. And my God. But besides the uh, penalty and the assist today, Messi was phenomenal. For me, the best game in a World Cup jersey, and I'm talking about 2018, 2014, 2010. Today, Messi was near perfect. Every time he touched the ball, he rarely lost it. And then from there, you know, he dictated pace. He found Nahuel Molina in that one big goal, which we, I guess let's talk about right now. What a fucking what the ball. What fuck was that, dude? What a ball. What the hell was that? Not one, and the replay was insane. Messi going diagonal, going from right to left. And he knows Molina's making a run, but he never looks. He never looks? He never looks. He's just baiting, baiting Nathan Ake, baiting the Dutch midfielders. And finally, boom, in the blink of an eye, the perfect pass. Eye through the needle. And then what a fucking finish by no, Molina great, too. Great touch and finish. Yeah. What yeah. a what a ball from Messi. And then besides that point, I thought Argentina after going up 1-0 handled the game really well. 
you know, again, even though they were up 1-0, yes, they probably gave up a little bit more possession to the Dutch in the second half, but they just kept going, and they kept doing the same thing, trying to find relief with possession. And when you have a guy like Leo Messi, it goes really, really well. I thought Alvarez was good in his runs and also just with his general hold-up play. And then they get that second goal. Now, that's penalty as cheap as they come. I'm going to be completely honest. And that's not because of Argentina. That penalty was so fucking cheap. But... Penalty nonetheless. Dumfries has to be better. You can't drag your foot when you're in the box. It's like it's like holding your arms behind your back when you're in the box. It's the same thing. Don't drag your feet because there's always a chance you make slight contact with your opponent and then you can get a penalty called against you. And that's exactly what happened. Who steps up? Leo Messi gets an assist and a goal. My God, his statistics have been incredible this tournament. And so Argentina go up 2-0. And you know, at that point, I was like, hmm, very good because... Even though I thought the penalty call was cheap, and even though, like, without Messi, they probably don't get that first goal, the rest of the game management from Argentina was world-class. Because, again, I'll reiterate it. They never really let the Netherlands get too comfortable with possession to attack them. And so, yeah, I thought Argentina played a really good game plan for those 90 minutes. And then, of course, at the 82nd minute... Pure chaos ensued. And this is where analysis leaves the room. This is where, yeah, uh, this is where yeah. the result, even though the Netherlands came back 2-2, and even though Argentina let this win you know, die or let this lead die out, this is where analysis goes out the window because what we ended up witnessing for the last 20 minutes in that game was something I've never fucking seen before. And my God, am I glad it happened on a World Cup stage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before we even get to that, the refing of this game, I got to point out. Mm. The refing was... So and I'm not even coming from an anti-Argentine perspective. Yeah. I think for both sides, yeah. for both sides, the refing was so fucking bizarre, man. Zero consistency aligned to what we'd seen the whole tournament leading up to this. Dude. Because for the most part, the rest of the refs have been pretty in line with like each other's refereeing appro- approach. But with this specific referee, I don't know his name. I've seen him before so many Antonio times. Antonio Mateo Laos, Spaniard, right? Spaniard, yeah. I've seen him so many times, and usually he does a really good job. This time around, though, for both sides, zero consistency. Bro. The weirdest, the weirdest uh, calls I've seen, man. Yeah. Some calls that were just not meant to be called as fouls, being called as fouls. Weird decision making and giving players ref. I think this is the game where they've given the most yellow cards, and that's what I've seen. That makes sense. Seventeen yellow cards is what I saw as Holy a number. Shit. It was an insane amount of yellow cards. I think it broke a World Cup record, bro. Jesus so Christ! So a really weirdly refed game to just kind of add. <laughs> to the chaos. It was yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It completely added to it. And yeah, what was frustrating about the refing is that every single 50-50 chance, he would blow the whistle, which I hate because to me football is a contact sport. If you get big with an aerial challenge, you let the play go on. But dude, every single time, Laos was just so quick to blow that whistle. Yeah, it was so eager. It was like, so annoying. in the game or something. I don't yeah, know what that was about. I don't know what it's about. But you're right. 82nd minute chaos ensues. The Netherlands gets a goal through Veg Vekhorst, yes. who came into this match and became a fucking go-to guy for the Dutch, man. Absolutely leading their line in terms of this comeback and getting any sort of offensive opportunities. The Dutch started to finally take advantage of their height difference. Mm. The fact that they were bigger than nearly every single Argentine, they were just sending long balls in, one after another, one after another, until finally it fell to his head, and he was able to capitalize on it, yeah. make it 2-1, and immediately, bro, I stood up. I was like, this is going to be chaos. Yeah. This is going to be chaos, especially when you, when you throw Argentina into the mix, yeah. man. <laughs> things just get so crazy, man. It gets so heated, and I love it. Yeah. It makes for such an interesting outcome, an entertaining game, and that's what exactly what we saw. With eventually 10 minutes, bro, 
being added to the 90 minute mark 10 minutes and in that final minute a foul is drawn at the top of the box (laughs) how do do you describe this one i don't know how to describe i don't know how to to do it justice I don't know how yeah. to do it justice. Yeah, because I've never seen anything like this happen on the football pitch yeah. in my life, dude. This type of shit doesn't even work on FIFA, dude. <laughs> it's a Louis Von Hall masterclass of a call. Yeah. It is an incredible execution of a play that maybe even though the players didn't fully think they would ever utilize, but eventually got used in this specific moment with, I believe, Burkhouse sending a pass in. Yeah. Was it Burkhouse? Yeah, yeah. Into yeah. Vedcourse. Into Vedcourse. Just right there. Just a, a nice slotted pass. Catches the defense completely off guard, and the finish was it was exceptional. Yeah, it, was it was perfect. Was so good. It was exactly what was needed in that moment. Mm. And so for all those things to work out, man, absolutely dumbfounded, bro. Yeah. I was like, there's no way this out, there's no way this is supposed to work. Yeah. But it fucking worked in the basically the last play of the game yeah. to tie the matchup, make it two two. <laughs> we lose our fucking minds because yeah. I'm just like, holy shit! I just couldn't believe this it. is the most insane outcome and way to reach this outcome that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Louis Von Hall, man, making some incredibly bold calls this way. <laughs> And it worked out for him. Yeah. It worked out for him. They go into extra extra time with momentum on their side, to yeah. be honest. And we see 30 minutes of kind of that momentum dying out with Argentina kind Slowly of settling died. the game. Slow, settling it down. Lautaro Martinez comes on. He gets a really good opportunity that's eventually blocked by Van Dyke's chest. But all in all, there wasn't much that we saw in extra time, just players tiring out yeah. and kind of playing towards the penalty shootout. So once the penalty shootout comes, man, what were you thinking? <laughs> At that point, I was just bl- I was so blessed to have witnessed one of the greatest comebacks as far as context in World Cup history. Completely, completely impressed and just dumbfounded, shocked, bro. I was in disbelief that at that point that it was going into penalties, I did not care. I really mean that. But that's the thing, though, is that even, even in any other case, I actually don't care who wins a penalty shootout because there's such an element of luck. And trust me, I know there's statistics, there's probability where the keeper does his homework. I understand that. But there's still a large element of luck that goes into these penalties, bro. So once it goes to penalties, I say good luck to both sides. Whoever wins it deserves it. And so Argentina come out on top. And once again, congratulations. I mean, Martinez talking shit, but making some incredible saves to back up that shit. Mm. And that, that in itself. Those two saves were big, big, big saves. Man. Impeccable, man. I'm here to praise Argentina because they pulled it out, man. At the end of the day, their backs were against the wall in this match. They got tested to the ultimate point. Yes. Mentally and physically against this really physical Dutch side. Mm. And they came out on top, bro. Yeah. They came out on top. That deserves credit, man. Absolutely. That deserves credit. And I just want to give a quick shout out. We have a K. A K, a thousand people watching us right now. That is a personal record for us. Thank you guys so much. W's in the chat for hitting 1K. Welcome to any of you who are checking us out. Please make sure to comment, like, and subscribe. Be a part of this chat. It's a community, man. It's very active. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And we will get to your super chats in a second. We got them all saved here. We're going to be looking at them really soon. But we're just talking about this match right now because this was an insane and absolute ridiculous match. One of the best, if not the best game of the World Cup so far. We'll talk about that in match ratings. But, yes, that's how it ends with Argentine glory. Yes. A few things I want to point out, man. That Argentine fan base came in attendance. Made the Netherlands look so small audience-wise, bro. <laughs> yeah. There was just a little pocket. A little pocket of Netherlands fans in attendance that I thought, well, I was like, where the, where, the re- where the fuck are the rest of the Dutch people, man? Yeah. The, they're closer to Qatar than South America is, man. <laughs> I know, bro. Where are they? But nah, Argentinians showed out. Mm. And I truly do think that might have been what pushed them through 
through this final, you know, really tough tested phase where they were really against back against the walls. They're able to pull out the result. I think that had a lot to do with it, that they just had their fans in their fucking ear, dude, yeah. yelling their asses off and supporting the team. Uh, before we look at the chat, anything else that stood out to you about this game or that you want to say? I, I don't think so. Again, just to reiterate, what a fucking match, man. Truly. Just from both ends, for the Netherlands to just come back to say, screw it, we're going for it. Put, you know, all four forwards up top, throwing long balls, and to actually pull it off again with that masterclass of a free kick to actually equalize. But there is one player that, again, I really want to double highlight here, and that's Lionel Messi, man. Once that whistle finally blew after the penalty kick, you could just see the, the joy on his face because this is why he's here. He's not here to exit at the quarterfinal stage in dramatic uh, fashion, no. even, though, even though it would have been justified because if Netherlands would have won this penalty shootout, it would have been just as worthy for them to go on as Argentina. It really would have because they would have deserved it after coming down, coming back from down 2-0. But Argentina get the slightly lucky chance here, go through, and now Messi gets to continue that legacy yeah. and to see if he can fulfill his destiny of lifting this goddamn World Cup trophy. <laughs> and I love it because yeah. you can see how much it means to him. And at that point, and I've already said it before, even before the tournament started, seeing Messi in a World Cup final would be, that, that's something, I, that'd be, that's fantasy to me. And if I can live out my fantasy, then <laughs> let's fucking go. Yeah, man, we, I was talking about it with Brazil, and we'll talk about fucking Brazil in a second. Man. Mm -hmm. It was disappointing. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about how they were kind of like following this narrative. Like you could kind of sense it, this championship narrative, the way they were winning games, you know, the storylines behind with each and every single player. But now I'm looking at Argentina like, wow, dude. To start off the tournament, losing against Saudi Arabia, mm. man. You know, who does that? Who does that, man? <laughs> but... You think about it in a championship sense, like this could truly lead to something truly special for them coming off of a detrimental loss, really tested their mentality in the early group stage, mm. went on to win the next two games, two nil against Mexico and Poland. They go to the quarterfinals and they face off against a feisty Australia team. They get tested yet again, just that mental aspect against that Australian grit. True. And they find a way to come out on top. Now they're in the quarterfinals against a top, top European side that's, a, that's on an unbeaten streak of themselves too. I think it was like 16 games. Yeah, yeah. And they do this. Yeah. They do this, you know? They yeah. go up 2-0, and it looks secure for them for a long time. But then Netherlands comes back into it, makes it 2-2. Momentum's on their side going into extra time. And they're able to get the victory regardless. So right. that's why I kind of had this approach of just like, man, like, I don't care how they've done it. They've done it, man. They've done it's it. Exactly. They've made the final four in the tournament. We've been critical. You've been extra critical for sure. At this point, man, I got to just, I got to let go. Yeah, I'm yeah. letting go, man. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm I'm like supporting this team, but also just crediting them for what they've been able to do because to be able to go through so much mentally and still find a way to come out on top, it's a credit to that Argentine crit. Uh, crit. It's a, a credit <laughs> to Argentine grit and their ability to just get the result at the end of the day, man. Yeah, absolutely. And this actually goes back to our Argentina preview way back a couple months ago when we first previewed this team. One of the biggest things that we and even me highlighted was that not only do Argentina have Leo Messi, the greatest player in the world and still one of the greatest players on the planet today, but they also have around him probably the best Argentine squad that Messi has had around him personally. And that, I think, has come around twofold in this tournament because who is getting all of these goals and assists for Argentina is Messi. He's still the go-to guy. Without Messi, I don't think Argentina make it this far, even close, whatsoever. Yeah, but... What is getting them past these big mental tests? It's not Messi himself. 
it's the rest of the team. So everybody is playing their part to near perfection. And yes, it is tight every single goddamn game, but they're getting the results day in, day out at this World Cup. And that's grit, that's confidence, that's some, that's some tribal spirituality yeah. among this Argentine yeah. camp. And they believe it. They know Messi's going to do his thing, so let's do our part for him. And we'll get the results somehow. And just to highlight a couple of players who are doing their roles, besides God Messi, Enzo Fernandez, man, besides that penalty miss, has been really, really good ever since Scaloni decided to bring him into the starting level for Argentina. He's added just a lot more fluidity, but also he's so young and he has so much that so much of that youthful energy, dude. He's everywhere. He's everywhere, whether it's defensively or on the ball. He's so involved defensively and offensively for this Argentine team. And then I'm going to go ahead and name like a low, low-key player right now, Alexis McAllister. Doesn't do a lot offensively like he does, for example, at club level with Brighton. But for this Argentine team, he's kind of that ball handler that that they're missing with uh, Lochelso's with Lochelso's absence. He's that guy who can get on the ball and be just as crafty as Messi or you know or is like Papu Gomez if he's playing. He's just as crafty. He's not going to take as many risks, but he's so good on the ball. He provides that relief through yeah. possession. Yeah. So I think a lot of these players have really stepped up and of course we've already highlighted that that back line of Argentina was good going into the tournament. I think they've been solid. They always get conceded. They always <laughs> concede, but they're usually there when they need to be, usually. So for the most part, I think the rest of the team around Messi have done really, really well this tournament. Um, not exceptionally well. I'm still not going to put them in the category of France or England, maybe even Portugal, but they're right there. They're in the top four. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to put some praise on uh, Otamendi. Okay. Otamendi, because I'm looking at Lisandro Martinez and Cristian Romero getting swapped out throughout the whole tournament. Oh, true, but true. the mainstay true. in that back line has been Otamendi, and today he was enormous bro yeah. facing off against these did you see how big those fucking Netherlands players were <laughs> what the fuck was that man yeah. huge fucking players and Otamendi shorter than them is holding his goddamn own in that fucking box defending for his life dude and we're praising Enzo Fernandez for example who plays at Benfica right now playing both well at the club level but also the international level same goes for Otamendi man yeah. I think he's a big reason for why Benfica is undefeated this season as well mm -hmm. and why so far they're on a great magical run too so let's put some respect there because True. going into this tournament i don't think i don't think we saw him or most people that weren't argentina fans saw otamendi being able to step up the way that he has so far man he's been great ever since the saudi arabia match and today specifically there were a number of plays where there was dangerous balls coming into the box and you had netherlands the netherlands offense players just in there trying to like hound the box but Otamendi would be the guy clearing the ball out. That mixed him with his shit talking, with his ability to kind of look an opponent eye to eye and just talk shit to him. Yeah. He's low-key becoming kind of like a Pepe in that sense, man. Ooh, just a, man. a massive shit talker that is able to get into the opponent's head mentally. Yeah. And it's, it's working for him, man. It's working for him. Leading this team and this back line all the way to the fucking semifinals of the World Cup, man. Let's put some respect on his name, man. Yes, sir. Looking forward, let's look at some super chats, man. Let's see what y'all are saying, man. Let's see what y'all are saying. Once again, if you guys want us to read your comment, we are more likely to read it if you send it as a super chat. We do try to read chat uh, comments at some points, but that's after we get su through super chats. So, so for to start off, Carlos Prado says, quarterfinals were a movie. Box office. I agree, man. Box office. So far, this has been the best fucking match day we've seen at the World Cup. Excuse my language. I'm just very, very hyped. Uh, Abidi... Abidi Sevic says, football is a simple game. 22 men chase a ball for 90 minutes, and at the end, 
The Croatians <laughs> win in penalties. It's simple. It's simple, <laughs> Never brother. Never underestimate Croatia. Again, dude, I love it, man. Croatians have been talking so much shit because we predicted and that we'll get, uh, we'll Brazil would come through for them. Yeah. But, man, Croatians deserve this moment. Y'all really do. Mohamed, 12 euros to us. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much. Carlos Colunga Navarro, good to see you again, my friend. I was going to say it's because Argentina won. I'm sure he was talking about one of the earlier points we were trying to make. Mm. Starless signed $28, $5. Thank you, bro. I'm Mexican, and I was wanting for Argentina to win. If you can't beat them, join them. But I was actually holding back tears. Damn. I could see this being a hella emotional game for anybody supporting Argentina. We got our boy DFO, Mm. who was live streaming his reaction during the game. Man, he looked tense. Tense throughout this game. Dino Gricic. Croatia had their game of the tournament. Brazil got their first big test, and Croatia ain't playing. Hopefully now people won't underestimate Croatia. Yeah. Yeah, what do you got to say about this? We're going to get comments like this, that we underestimated Croatia. What do you got to say about that? I, I think it was more... I think it's both. We underestimated Croatia, but we also maybe slightly overestimated Brazil. So I don't think we too underestimated Croatia. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like we put respect on the name, man. I Watch thought so. A deep dive, I thought dude. so. Yeah. Uh, El Pascador said... Oh, my fault, my fault. We'll get to yours in a second. Ibrahim Ahmed sent... Silencing emojis, man. He said no more. He's uh, he's tired of it, man. Tired of it. DS Arm says goats, goats, goats. I love give and go. Goats, five dollars. DS yes, Arm sir. is one of the greatest baseball content creators out there right now. I met him through ESPN and our connections Ooh, there. Sure. Go check out his channel if you like baseball. Ibrahim Ahmed, repeat after me. Who is the goat? Who is the goat? Leo Messi. Yeah, yeah I agree. Man. I agree, man. Aziz, hey, my boy Aziz is in here. The, that Coop Miners free kick routine that led to the second goal was a tactical masterstroke. What a way for Van Hall to say goodbye to the sport. For real, though. What a way to go. What, what, what a decision. That's what, I'm, yeah. that's what really gets me is the, the decision to go with a low ball pass, almost like a basketball play, where Vekors gets big, gets on the inside of the defender, is expecting a low ball, even though there's a wall in front of him, gets it, slightly turns, and puts it on the reverse of uh, Emiliano ridiculous decision yeah, but to actually execute it too i i don't believe it i don't believe i don't believe it i don't believe it man to tie the fucking game in that way man I just don't believe it let's see what else we got the hitman says congrats homie on a thousand viewers thank you boys those games were lit even though brazil lost i hope morocco goes forward and becomes the first african team to go to semi Shit, man. well man so far we have one european team one south american team and we'll probably get either one more european team and then maybe, maybe an African. Maybe an African. Maybe an African. Let's keep going. Darth Huey. Huey. Not Darth Chewy. Darth Huey. I love this World Cup. Messi <laughs> is great, but it's hard to like this Argentina team with their conkiness mid-game. Thoughts on Argentina players missing their next game? Yeah, the, the moment that pops up is when you know they still had the lead and... They're defending, obviously, for their lives in a, in a way, but then one of the players just kicks the ball into the Netherlands uh, bench. You know, it got really heated in that yeah, moment, but man. the Argentines in that moment, they were just like, nah, you guys ain't doing shit about it because we're winning right now. Yeah. Definitely cockiness, but but then again, I think that's just innate to Argentine culture and football, man. I, th- yeah. I, I just think it's the way that they approach the game. So, yeah, maybe it's annoying, but I do think it's just how they how, how, how they understand and approach the game. Yeah, yeah. I don't have too much of a problem with it. Obviously, it sucks playing against that. You right. Know? But at the same time, with how extreme they are when they're in the lead, Argentines, they can be so extreme when they lose. 
they're on the fucking verge of tears, bro. Yeah. And it kind of right. and it kind of hits, you know. And so I'm cool with them being that way when they're when they're winning a game because if you beat them, they will give you that satisfaction in a sense. <laughs> right. So I think it goes both ways. I think that's kind of the, the Argentine culture. They're very passionate people yeah. in the show, man. Throughout the penalty shootout, there were people in tears, bro, with how nervous and scared they were. But at the same time, tears because they had won the fucking penalty shootout mm. and that they got the ultimate result. So that's just Argentine culture. Yeah. And it's just for me, it's always interesting seeing that blend with European teams because yeah. European teams are known to be classy. They don't do any of that. You know? Right, right, Not, right. Never will you see a European team kick the ball into the stands <laughs> into the fucking bench. Never, bro. Right, 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 right. But it's just interesting to see how they react and I think it just, it makes for good entertainment but yeah. yes, it can be very annoying if you're playing against that. Yeah. What else do we have? Mejias0125 says, it felt like Scaloni would rather lose then play Dybala. <laughs> Dybala ain't playing this Dybala tournament, ain't playing, bro. <laughs> he just ain't playing. He just ain't playing. It's crazy, man. It is pretty wild. It's like, f- fuck whatever form he's in going into this tournament. Scaloni never planned to play him then. Never. Rusty Moreno, that Argentina fan base has them on my short list of matches I must attend in 2026. Mm. Cheers to the plot, blowing up, and Del Bosque coaching the USA Whoa. in 2026. <laughs> yeah, man, that fan base looks incredible. The best South American fan base, I would say, so far in this tournament. They've been absolutely massive, dude. Massive, this tournament. Irvin Savara sent us 10 bucks. Thank, Thank you, bro. You, sir. Thank you. Thank you. El Pascador, $5. Watching you all the way from Kuwait after each match they made the World Cup better. Keep it up. Hope you and Saltero will enjoy Argentina and Morocco in the final. That's crazy that that's still in play. That's still in play. That's still in play, man. I, did, I can't wait for it. After today, even if they don't hit the same way, I can't wait for tomorrow's results. You're right. I yeah, cannot yeah, wait. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be fucking insane. And then one of the few last super chats, Caden Pritchett says, I don't know how you guys are formulating thoughts already. I'm still trying to comprehend what's happened today. Dude, I actually agree with that completely. Yeah, man. yeah, I'm yeah. Just, yeah, I'm just fucking processing this <laughs> with you guys. And one last super chat from Ibrahim Ahmed says, what a day to be an Argentinian fan. You win and your rivals lose. I don't care about the money I spent on Super Chat today. Hey, Vamos. Hey, let's let's go. go. I appreciate that, guys. Appreciate that. Amazing comments from you guys. Super Futuk says, Pessy. All right. All right. But okay, let me let me go to the next topic here. Let me talk about something here because Oh, it's it is Darth, Darth Chewy. Chewy says it's Darth Chewy just on my work CPU. So he's Darth Huey. All right. Okay. That's okay. a Hall of Famer in the chat. Y'all show him some respect. <laughs> All right. Next question here that I have for you, Saltero, is yes, that sir. yes, we've been talking about Argentina and the fact that they needed to get tested, right? Yes. They needed to get tested. Uh, Argentina so far, in our opinion, had a very easy path to the quarterfinal stage, but ultimately they passed the test. They got the result against Argentina, but the still overriding narrative that you have, though, Mm. is that despite them needing that test or not, you still don't see Argentina winning the World Cup. And I just kind of want to check back in with you. Do you still believe, with what you've seen so far, that Argentina is worthy and has the value and ability to win the World Cup in 2022, are you still out on them, or has this game flipped you completely and made you, or in a sense, convinced you that they do have the talent to do it now, and that they are capable of winning a World Cup in this in this year? Yeah, no, that that's a, actually a good question. Because, as I said, I thought Argentina played their best game of the World Cup so far. So I expect them in the semifinal to play either the exact same level or maybe even reach a higher level because they know they're that close. So I expect Argentina to go all out against Croatia and possibly make a finals appearance. At this point, I think anything's possible for Argentina as far as making the final. But... I don't have them lifting it still. I think the top shelf of European talent will ultimately prevail. It was my take 
without the anti-Argentina take, it was my take going into this World Cup. I do believe that the top European teams, one of them will win it. So I'm talking about England, France specifically. And if Portugal play the way that they played in the round of 16, I'm going to throw in Portugal in there as well. I think at the end of the day, they're just slightly more well-rounded than a more messy-led Argentina. So, yes, I'm still going with the European team lifting the trophy. I think Argentina can get to the finals, although Croatia will have something to say about that, uh, but I don't have Argentina ever lifting it still in my simulations. Yeah, okay, I want to hear it. Let's do a poll here. Do you think Argentina will win the World Cup? A simple yes or no. I need to see where you guys stand. Was the game today enough to convince you if you weren't already convinced that this Argentina squad is the best team at this tournament and will get the result? The thing is, man, even if they're playing at an average level, bro, Messi will always dictate the outcome of games. It's crazy. And how today good showed he's been. that, bro. It's crazy. 2 0 with a goal and an assist in that process. I'm just like, bro. It doesn't matter how bad this Argentina team is. Yeah. He just finds a way. Yeah. And when he's on it the way he was today, it's nearly unstoppable, bro. Yeah. It's so it's so hard to play against. I'm at, I'm talking like I played against him today, bro. That's something <laughs> you're I, like exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I watched him on the screen today and I'm tired. I'm tired. You know? I'm, yeah. I'm exhausted from seeing him yeah. because he just his ability to stay on the ball, to draw fouls, to just cause havoc every time he's on the ball is ridiculous. It's it's unfathomable, man. Yeah. It's why why he's been considered one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest player of all time. So I need to hear it from the chat right now. Will Argentina win the World Cup? 337 votes. 54% say yes. 46% say no. Okay. Okay. So we have a... A bit on both sides because to those people saying no they're essentially saying europe wins it or maybe africa wins it so mm. it'll be interesting to see how this plays out man but awesome awesome anything else we should mention about argentina man because this seems to be the hot topic right now should i read some of these comments right here let's do that let's, let's see let's, that. let's eric that. shilk says how many players will be out next game for argentina bro that's, that's actually something i haven't looked we haven't looked into i haven't it. looked we haven't looked if one of the chat viewers could look into that and give us a comprehensive comment about who the hell is not going to be in the Argentine lineup next game. That'd be great for us because it's actually a lot to process right now. Yeah. Hefner Miranda says, sends us three duck bucks. Thank you so much, man. And once again, folks, make sure to comment, like, please like this video to promote us, please. So we can show up on people's news feeds. We really appreciate that. Messi wasn't impressed with the refing tonight. FIFA had to review, uh, review that the referee is not up to par, man. Apparently that's another comment I've seen is that I guess Messi said something post game about what? the ref. Cause that's another comment where I've said, where I've seen Messi saying that. So that's interesting if Messi actually called out the ref too, man. Because, dude, he was horrible today. Horrible. I actually don't like his uh, his refereeing style in La Liga because he is quick to the yellow card, but he's never been this bad. He's never been this bad. So I hope that the last time we see him in a knockout World Cup game, man. man. I feel like he lost complete control today. Yeah. Complete control. Um, Scroll down for me, please. I read that one, please. There's one more I saw. Ibrahim Ahmed says, Pessy who, bro? Did you see that penalty in the shootout? Cold. Keep crying. Love the tears. Dude, both of his penalties were fucking yeah, fascinating. You can't, you can't stop When him. he went up, I was just like, oh, that's an automatic goal. Yep. Kevin Alvarez 
Oh, it's not the real Kevin. <laughs> Goddard, man. I got excited. I got excited. My ears perked up. $5. Thank you, bro. Finally able to see you guys live. Arjun, Robin, no era penal. All due respect to Johan Cruyff. He's just talking his <laughs> shit, man. He's just talking his oh, shit. shit. I love uh, it, though. Eric Schill got that. Let me just read some comments here. This is what the people are saying. Ref was horrible. He's definitely coming back for Champions League. Um, cumulative, cumulative yellow rule in, is the worst rule in sports. Yeah, how do you feel about that, man? I've never liked it. Yeah, it is. It never. Is, it just gets way too involved with the outcome of games, bro. Yeah. They, these players could be missing out on really big matches just because of cumulative yellow cards. And I think that's unfair because, you know, if as long as you didn't get a red card, then you did your job in a match. Yeah. You stayed put. You respected the game. But to get punished for it over time, bro? Yeah, I don't get it. I wish it was – it's only two. You only need two and you're out the next game. So I wish it was more, like four – because that means you have to really consistently get yellow cards in every game. That would make sense. Because if you're getting a yellow card every game, then yeah, sure, you should be able to, you, you, or you should be forced to sit out a game. But if it's just you get a little unlucky one game and you get a yellow card, that's already one and you need one more and you're out the next game. It's too harsh in my opinion. So I'm fine with the expulsion of one game, but I think they need to modify the rule. I think it needs modification. Here we go. Marco Laca came through for us. He says, Gonzalo Montiel and Marcos Acuna, as a result, both of them will miss the semifinal against Croatia. Damn, That's actually not dude. too bad then, because only Acuna starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Montiel came up big today. He did, he, he did. Um, to I guess for Acuna... Well, actually, Montiel might have been the replacement for yeah. Acuna. So I guess they'll start, what, Taliafico maybe? Probably, It'll be Taliafico yeah. and Molina on, on, uh, as the white yeah, backs. Yeah. yeah, which is still just really solid backups, I feel yeah. like. No one will miss. The referee should never, ever be a referee in any game ever. Not even the Sunday league. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Cards will be refreshed. That's true. Cards will be refreshed starting in the semifinal, though, right? I, I, th I, thought, it, I thought it would have been refreshed already. That means they... I, I, I don't know, man. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Uh, Martinez taking the last penalty was what he needed. I agree. I agree, man. When he was stepping up, I was like, I was like, it's Lautaro. He's going to fucking bang that right. in. But at the same time, I was like, it's Lautaro. Mm -hmm. he's, been, he's been weird this World He got Cup. benched this yeah. World Cup. Yeah, so he really didn't need that. I think that was yeah. big for him. Uh, Abhi, I, I keep seeing this comment, so I'm acknowledge it. Guys, do you remember? I'm the guy who said after last Argentina match that I will never be seen if Argentina loses. Saltero, huge respect, bro. But who won, bro? Not me, but the GOAT won. He won you over. Yeah, man. Like I said, I said this going into this match today against the Netherlands. I said, I think the Netherlands would win. But there's always a chance for messy magic. I didn't know it would take in the place of a near-perfect assist, but my God, has Messi delivered over and over again at this year's World Cup? Yeah, is this the most he's ever come through in a World Cup? Dude, I think so, to right? Right? On the way there? He yeah. was big in 2014, too. He, yeah, he was, he was. Yeah, but I, I feel like this time around, man, like he's just... There's almost a certainty that <laughs> Messi will be a big factor in every man. There's a time where, you know, maybe he would go a little visible at moments. Mm. But this time around, bro, he's going to have a say in the outcome of the game. And that in itself is fucking insane, That's bro. Insane. Because these are big matches. Yeah. Huge matches. That's insane. And now against him and Cro against Croatia, which we'll, we'll preview that matchup in a second. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see how he performs against that Croatian back line. Yeah. Ibrahim Ahmed, he's sending these super chats in. I love it. When you win how Argentina wins it, you know you did it even after screwing up. That momentum is necessary. That's why Croatia got it done. So, yeah, just that grit, that ability to just win games. If Argentina wins, Saltero should shave his head. <laughs> Shit. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Awesome. All right. Well, let's talk about the next game then. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's move on. It's time. Let's move on. It's time. Uh, give me a second, please. Yeah, man, I got head. <laughs> give me a second, man. Yeah, we'll get Saltero and Argentina kid to squash the beef. That's if they win. Remember, folks, he ha- he has to. If Argentina wins, then he'll be ultimately wrong. So far, he was wrong about them in a sense, getting tested and not proving right. But if they don't win the World Cup, he's still kind of right. Yeah, and still considering that Argentina were second rated as of listing the trophy, I think it's uh, you know it works in my favor if they don't win it. We'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. But if they if they fucking win, we got to get you some punishment, bro. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Because yeah. no matter what, no matter how many times I put it through my head, I just don't see them lifting it. So if they do lift it, then absolutely, I'll have to do something. You have to do something. Uh huh. Change nationality or some shit. Yeah, yeah. All right, folks. So the next game that we had was Brazil versus. Croatia and if you don't mind bro I'd like to just speak on this for a little bit because for those people that have been watching the podcast for a long time now they know that I've supported Brazil so passionately this whole World Cup qualifying cycle man I made claims that this time around Brazil would win it that I felt it that I saw something truly special in this Brazilian squad that this team was like unlike any other Brazilian squad of the past Brazil has finally arrived to the World Cup, and for the first time in my life, I would consciously, because I was a kid when 2002 happened, I would consciously see a Brazilian team lift the goddamn World Cup, man. I was excited. Mm. I was excited, man. I was full of joy, full (laughs) of hope, and the way I saw this team approach that group stage just solidified my assumptions about them, bro. Dancing their asses off, getting Chiche involved as well, coordinating these fucking salsa dances and one. I was fucking incredible to see. But playing beautiful football, man, playing some football that was just so entertaining to watch. All my American friends, I would tell them, hey, if you if you can't watch the USA, don't worry. Make sure to catch a Brazilian match because it's pure entertainment, man. It's pure fun. It's what the beauty of this sport is about. Yeah. That's what I saw in this Brazilian team, man. Yeah. And so I thought, hey, you know, we're matched up against this Croatian side that is very formidable, very good, beat Japan in a a penalty shootout and show that they still have the experience to win these big, big matches. But I still thought that, man, Brazil has the quality, bro. They have the samba. They have the support. They have everything they need to finally make a magical run. So Brazil's winning this 2-0, maybe even 3-0 is what I said last stream, bro. And I got nothing else to say. Outside of the fact that I was wrong, dude. I was wrong. wrong. I, I was wrong. Wrong? Was I, I wrong? I don't think you were wrong. <laughs> I don't think you were wrong. wrong? Was, was I naive? You're on the bad side of history. That's it. Yeah. That's it, I like man. that. I like that. I don't think man. you were wrong. I like that. Yeah. I'm not even going to go through the whole game, bro. Brazil's 1-0 up with five minutes left in the game, bro. Yeah. I'm going to repeat that sentence for you guys in case you didn't hear it. <laughs> Brazil was up. One nil with five minutes left in the game. And I feel as sure as I had ever felt before. But then Croatia just fucking stepped up, man. Yeah, just out of nowhere. They just stepped the fuck up. And they decided that, you know what? We're not going to lose today. We're not ready to leave Qatar. The food they're feeding us is too good over here. (laughs) I want to keep feasting upon these teams that we're facing and I want to get a result today and so Croatia led by the incredible play of Luka Modric Brozovic Kovacic whoever you want to name decided you know what we're not going out yet we're getting a goal here we're exposing Brazil's defense for the short five minutes in which they were able to be exposed they got a goal 
and then they went on to have just a clinical penalty shootout as they've shown in their World Cup history, not losing a single penalty shootout in World Cup tournaments, man. Yeah. That Croatian blood, that Croatian clutch gene stepped up and they knocked out the South American Giants, Brazil, in this quarterfinal matchup to send them yet again to back-to-back semifinal appearances. Jesus Absolutely Christ. fucking incredible, but in the process, breaking my heart, man. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, bro. While we were watching the game, me and my folks, we all had this uh, PSG Neymar jersey. We put it up on the uh, coffee table, <laughs> right? We put it on the coffee <laughs> yeah, table, yeah. kind of just as like a almost like an obituary, you know, just kind of praising a shrine to the greatest player, if not one of the greatest players in Brazil's history, who, my God, had an incredible goal today, man. Neymar's goal was absolutely fascinating. In that moment, he decided, you know what? I want to win the match for us, so I'm going to do exactly that, and he did. But there was a moment after that goal happened, bro, where the jersey fell off of the coffee table. (laughs) And the jersey touched the ground. Shit. And me, alongside my brothers, my girlfriend... Everybody involved, we were like, what the fuck was that, bro? Because we thought we had placed that jersey in perfect position to not move an inch on that coffee table. But it touched the fucking ground. It fell. And minutes later, Croatia scores the game-tying goal, Mm. and I start shaking, bro. I start getting nervous. I start saying, fuck, man, why didn't we catch the jersey? Why didn't we do something about (laughs) it, Who was watching the jersey? (laughs) (laughs) You start, like, blaming? (laughs) And what ensued, ensued. What happened, happened. And Croatia won the goddamn game. Mm. And so I almost want to say, it's my fault. It's my fault, bro. Okay, okay. It's my fault. I hyped this team up too much. I I put too much bad juju on this team, man. Truly. Because I thought this team had it, bro. I thought they had it. But from what I saw in the penalty shootout, bro, what Mm. the hell was that, Rodrigo? What the hell was that, Marquinhos? Alisson, make a goddamn save, bro. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. As you should be. But all in all, man, that Croatian class shows yet again, and they pulled through to go to the semifinals. What did you think about this match, bro? You know, it's really funny because last night I had, like, an internal conflict where I ran this game a thousand times in my head. I simulated it, and I said, okay, who's going to win this game? Just based off of what we've seen in this tournament, based off of the personnel that will play each other 11v11, and every single time I had Brazil winning it. Because even if Croatia played perfect defense, which they've shown that they can, Brazil's offense will break you at least one time. At least one time. So for that reason, I was like, all right, Brazil's going to win 1-0. At the very least, 1-0, and maybe they add a second to boot. The only way I saw Croatia scoring was just off of a set piece, off of a weird call, maybe a handball, something unlucky from a Brazilian perspective. But I knew Croatia had the class to stay in the game. That's what I knew. But every single time I ran it through my head, I had Brazil winning this game. But you know what I forgot to add into my programming? (laughs) What was that? I forgot that Croatia almost always play for the draw in these situations. Yeah. Forgot yeah. about it. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. I was only thinking about winners. Right. right. I was only thinking about 1-0, 2-0, 2-1. I wasn't thinking about 0-0, 1-1. Uh-uh. I wasn't thinking about that. And that's where I fucked up. Yeah. Because as soon as Croatia went down 1-0, they had 15 minutes to respond. And they stayed calm. They stayed collected as they always do. 
and then a perfect little left hand, left side of play, or she just gets the ball, penetrates a little bit, perfect lateral ball to Bekovic, one-time hit, gets a little deflection, Alisson's left stranded, goal, Croatia 1-1, and I could not believe it, I was stunned, because I was like, this is what Croatia do. This is what they wanted all along. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. wanted penalties. Yeah. Like they didn't want to win this game. No. They wanted to crush Brazil's mentality going in to the penalty shootout so they could do what they've always done. I cannot believe the track record that Croatia have in these knockout games going into extra time and then finishing in penalties. I cannot believe it. I don't think it's a run that I don't think will ever be repeated, man. When you think about how consistent they are at penalties, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, but at the end of the day, it's deserved. What a cagey game it was because, again, I said it. I knew Croatia's defense, at the very least, could be very gritty, could be very cagey. And that first half, I think, was very representative of that. There's really no chances. Both sides kind of went at each other, but in a more like chess-like, mm-hmm. boxing-like uh, state. And neither side really wanted to uh, show a sense of urgency or really go for the kill. Second half, Brazil get a little bit more uh, confident. Yes. But that's oh, what. Yeah. But that's what I had thought. That's why in my simulations, I had Brazil <laughs> winning it, bro. Because th- how many chances did they get? There were half chances for sure. But usually those go through. But who was in their way today? Livakovic. What a performance from the Croatian goalkeeper to stay composed it's in so crunch close. time. Way too composed. Way too composed, man. Yeah. He didn't look phased at all. He's like, oh, I got this, boom, leg leg block. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. What a what a performance from Livakovic and then from the rest of the Croatian defense as well. Again, Gavardiol, that entire back line, Sosa, Juranovic on either side, just defending for their lives, but also having the class on the ball to relieve some pressure. And then once again, why are Croatia so good? Brozovic, Kovacic, and Modric. Modric, once again, having an incredible match day. Once again, bro. How many times have we said that, man? How many times have we said that? Just like Leo Messi, Modric is doing the same exact thing, but this time on the other side of the Atlantic for a small country called Croatia. (laughs) (laughs) It's insane. It's fucking ridiculous, man. I cannot believe it. And you, and so Croatia end up winning it as they always do. I just I was stunned. I I was stunned because you know what really got me. Neymar scoring that 1-0 goal. It was supposed to be destiny. Yes. It was his time to lead Brazil to a semifinal, to beat Argentina and go to the World Cup final. That was supposed to be Neymar's narrative this World Cup. And what better way to do it than lead Brazil on his own with a nice little give and go, scoring a beautiful goal to go up 1-0 in extra time. And the (laughs) the scenes of Neymar at the end of that game... I actually, I, I started crying. Me. It broke me, bro. I started crying because me, I was like, Neymar did not envision going out this way. Not no, this way. No. He never envisioned it. Not in the quarterfinal. No. That, he didn't even think no. about leaving in the quarters. And yet, what the fuck ended up happening? It's dark. But that's what I love about football. And, that, <laughs> and that's what I've always... No, fuck that, no, 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 no. Fuck football. <laughs> fuck football, man. That's what I've always said. I've always said that no matter what... You have no divine right in this sport. Not in this sport. In NBA, if you're LeBron James, you're going to win a chip. You know, if you're in the NFL, you're Tom Brady, you're going to win a title. But in football, it doesn't matter how good you are. You have no right to win. You have to earn it. Neymar did everything that he could, and that's where it gets dark because Neymar did his part. Yes. Neymar did his part, but what he didn't, what he did not plan was for a Croatian comeback. And that's nothing you can do. Mm-mm. There's nothing you can do, but that's the beauty of football because there are some things that are just completely out of your control. So congratulations, Croatia. My fucking God. And I think they deserved it. 
They completely deserved it, not because they were the better team, but because right. they grinded but it. But because their game plan, that what they wanted to execute ended up working out. It worked man. out. Like, that's what they wanted that's to do. That's what they wanted. The only way they would have won would have been that way. Either yes. like tying the game up or just going into penalties, zero zero. They were not envisioning themselves winning this match, as you said. I completely agree, bro. No, no. And so that is kind of like the loophole in football. That <laughs> if you face off against a, t a bigger, more talented team than you, you can find a you can find a little path a for you to make it out of that match victorious <laughs> through a penalty shootout. So yeah. Croatia has been utilizing that for the past two World Cups like no other. But they do have the talent. I don't want to disregard right, that. Right, right. They do have the talent to be able to keep a game. Really, really tight, bro. Gavardiol. Gavardiol. Who the, who the fuck is that good at 20, man? <laughs> right? At 20 years old, who is that good? It's crazy, There's no man. reason for him to be that good, bro. Yeah. Lovren, huge today. Lu yes, yes, yes. And then Juranovic, man. He had the game of his goddamn life. He bro. looked Brazilian. You know, he, he, he looked Brazilian he, for a while. Yeah, he was amazing. Constantly bombing down that wing, but always tracking back. Always. But then when he found space, was not scared to dribble and penetrate. Loved his play today. No, he was massive. Yeah. Massive. The midfield came through as always. Oh. That's assumed. That's Come expected, on. bro. Modric gets on the ball so much, though, man. Yeah. Like, I'm watching the game. I'm like, bro, he might be on the ball more than any other midfield I've ever seen, bro. True. He gets on that ball so much. Yeah. And he just feeds out those outlets. And for a while, I was really questioning, you know, Croatia's offensive ability because truly, though, we're talking about this masterclass they were able to put in, bro. You remember how I mentioned that Alisson didn't make a save in his first two matches? <laughs> he didn't make a save in this game, bro. Shit. One shot on target for Shit. Croatia in 120 minutes. Right. And it came throughout the five-minute span where Brazil decided not to defend. I don't know what happened with that back line. I was so, I was so flabbergasted. Haven't yeah. used that word on the pod before. Flabbergasted <laughs> when I saw, uh, I think it was Perisic or whoever that winger was, be in such open space. Uh, living up to the Croatian uh, game tying goal. Yeah. I, was, I was so surprised. I was like, how the hell did he all of a sudden, sudden find himself in so much space? And it was because Brazil was just open. They, yeah. Something happened back there that they just completely exposed themselves and the build up to the goal, and they got punished for it. <sighs> and it just sucks so that Croatia harsh. was able to surgically play the game out and wait for that specific moment to get their game. Obviously, a lucky deflection ends up falling their way, deceiving Alisson on their way to the goal, and they tie the game up. But, man, it's the idea. It's the conception of the idea. The fact that Croatia was relying on Brazil to have a moment of weakness like that and to pounce on it. Yeah. That's incredible to me, man. Incredible. incredible. And I'm just... I just can't believe it because Brazil played a really, really good game. They did. 1-0 at the 115th, 15th minute. I mean, that's a dream situation. Five minutes left of defending and you're through. And they end up going out. Oh, that's Brazilian heartbreak. I completely am with my Brazilian people in terms of just the feelings you're feeling because, bro, what a way to go out. It sucks, man. It really does. But then you talk about the penalties and I question, why did Neymar not take a penalty, man? <laughs> why did, we mentioned it with Mo Salah in Egypt, too. He did oh, the same yeah. thing where he ended up not taking a penalty in the AFCON. Neymar should have stepped up and taken that first penalty, man. Yeah. What is Rodrigo, man? A youngin doing taking that shot, man. Immediately puts Brazil on the back burner and, yeah. and forcing Alisson to get a save out of the, out of the penalty shootout. Fuck, really man. tough situation to be in. Neymar, step up. Take that penalty, bro. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. He goes out of this tournament not taking a single penalty <laughs> In that shootout. That's insane to me, man. Yeah. That's insane. And I want to see what the chat thinks. I'm seeing... Bro, people are doing their own polls. We're seeing our own... Oh, we're so, seeing our own polls here. Oh, so uh, Liva Kovic against Emi Martinez. Yeah, penalty shootout. 
I love it. I love seeing. I love seeing the polls happening here. Um, do we have any super chats? We do. Super chats. What we got? I Let's think contextually, I'm going Croatia keeper because he was at a low key club right now. Uh, so I, I'm I'm curious to see where he goes club wise after this World Cup, man. Because yeah. he's proven himself to be a top goalkeeper. He can play anywhere. Definitely. He can play anywhere, in my opinion. Now and back to back penalty shootout victories. Oh, too, shit, that's true. Martinez, who just had one. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. Lucas 20 sent us six euros. Hey, looks like I'm going to Europe then. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Dino Grigic says Croatia beat this Brazil. Croatia beat this Brazil side. All I'm gonna say. At the end of the day, yeah, they did. No, Talk they your did. Shit, brother. Talk your shit. Angel Bautista says Argentina are not the best team on the tournament, but I believe they can beat any team in the World Cup because they can scrap and also have Messi. I agree. I think that's I the agree. formula for you guys. Scrap as much as you can and then just wait for that messy moment of yeah. magic. That's going to pay off a lot in the end. Hell yeah. What else we got? Uh, one up, one up. Ibrahim Ahmed. Hey, another super chat. Modric changed his engine to a twin turbocharged V8. <laughs> We're going back to the car analogy. I love it. That man never stopped for 120 minutes. That's crazy. Legend. Legend. I agree. Go on, go on. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aziz SM says, for Modric to go back-to-back World Cup semifinals, potentially finals, propels him over Xavi and Iniesta in the GOAT GOAT midfield rankings, in my opinion. He sits behind Sidan. He's definitely sitting at that table. With those three other players, he's right there dining with them. And maybe he's ordering a little few more drinks than them. (laughs) Maybe he's he's feeling good about himself at that (laughs) table, bro, because I think he has a true argument to be, you know, the greatest midfielder of all time. Or maybe at the very least in that conversation between Xavi and Iniesta, who are absolute goats, legends of the midfield game. If Argentina wins, says Brian T., if Argentina wins the World Cup, Saltero should come on the pod with a shaved head and Argentina jer- <laughs> Y'all want to humiliate him. God damn. I love the podcast. Best football pod out there. Thank, Thank you, you, brother. Thank we, you. Uh, one of those two. We'll do one of those two. Ibrahim, I met $20. The difference. Messi steps up for the first time, for the first penalty, telling his teammates, guys, setting the tone. You mm. always set the tone in a shootout. What did Brazil do? They sent a 22-year-old player who has never handled a shootout pressure. I actually really, I truly agree with that. I agree with that completely. And once again, Ibrahim Ahmed says, Messi telling his teammates, I got this. Yeah. That's the difference, man. That's the difference, I think, because Neymar should have taken a penalty. I I am critical of that, bro. He should have taken that goddamn penalty. Marquinhos to take that fourth penalty in a do-or-die situation and hitting the post, bro, that's going to be Neymar's nightmares now. Yeah. At least I could have kept that in... And check, I can't get that from happening, bro. Lucas, 26 euros. The way Argentina is gaining back their confidence after the first defeat is amazing. What a dirty match. You just knew they won it so bad. Yeah, yeah that's that yeah. Argentine passion, but also their ability to get a result. I agree, man. They lost that first match, and that would have killed the mentality of so many different teams. Yeah. But they just stepped up. Yeah. They just stepped up ever since then. They've been nearly perfect. Shub Sinki says $10. Thank you, bro. Appreciate that. Really do appreciate that. But yes, Brazil, Croatia was a hell of a game. Croatia finds themselves in the semifinal of this tournament yet again. That's so, so special, dude. So special. For the size of that country and for the talent that they're able to produce, they deserve all the credit in the world for what they've achieved, man. And now they're set off to face off against an Argentine side with Leo Messi at the forefront, but they could potentially make it back to a final, dude. Isn't that crazy? Say that again. That 
Croatia could potentially make it back to a final. Croatia could potentially make <laughs> it back to a final. <laughs> That's bizarre to me. Not because they don't have the talent, but because, you know, in 2018, Croatia was low-key. like a They're like a Cinderella team. Not in the sense that they didn't have the quality, but in the sense that they were able to grind out result after result in the knockout stage to go all the way to the final. It's ridiculous. And here we are four years later, and they're low-key doing the exact same thing. It's, it's crazy to me that they're able to have this much consistency. You know, and this World Cup, I've talked a lot about grit with certain teams. I'm talking about Australian grit. I'm talking about even Argentinian grit that we saw today. I don't know if anything comes even close to Croatian grit, my friend. My God, to go the extra mile in every single knockout stage and still come on top, come out on top every time. That's a mentality that I wish I was brought up in, man. I wish I was, I wish I was a Croatian kid with that type of mentality. Think of the things we got to achieve, man. You got to raise yourself if you're Croatian. (laughs) You got to pay bills at five years old. That's what I'm saying, man. Croatian grit, bro. That's where that comes from, man. Never say die mentality that we're never giving up and we're never going to be rattled. We're never going to be phased because at the end of the day, we know we're good footballers. That's an incredible mentality. The grit that they've consistently showed. Congratulations, Croatia, because yeah, I did. I, I, I will say I underestimated the grit that Croatia possess 100%. Yeah, our boy Swapnil here keeps commenting this. So I want to point it out. There was a time where you said that Croatia was weaker than Switzerland on one of these streams. Any comment on that? Yeah, from that perspective, I thought Switzerland had a little bit more offensive prowess to give. Especially, we saw how good Mbolo was this tournament. But not only that, I think Shakiri is a good creator. Not a midfield creator, but still part of that kind of front three or front four that they would play. And then they had good midfield stability in Granite Shaka. So, all that being said, I also considered their backline to be comparable to Croatia's. So I thought Switzerland had a just as good defense, maybe a slightly less good midfield, and that, that is true. But I thought they would make it up by having a better offensive line. So I saw them as similar with Switzerland, just a little bit more well-rounded. But what Croatia has shown me in this tournament is that their defense is solid, their midfield is world-class, and their offensive line still isn't that good, but it doesn't need to be. Yeah. That's where Switzerland fucked up is that if they're not firing, they don't know how to win. But if, if Croatia's not figuring it out, they will somehow figure out how to win this game. Yeah. That's the difference between Croatia and Switzerland. I actually think they're still similar teams on paper, and even when you see them play, but Croatia have a grit, once again, that I don't think most teams have. And that's the difference. I think a little bit more talent, though. Well, 100%. Yeah, that's why I said yeah, their midfield is world-class, and that's not something that yeah. Switzerland have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Huge respect to Croatia. Keep getting these results against big teams. But to be honest, very boring team to watch to just go for a draw all the time. Do you guys agree? I'm seeing a lot of chat comments saying that they think Croatia was a boring team. Mm. I don't. When I hear that, I mean, I, when it comes to sports and being competitive, man, I don't care how it looks. For me, I care about the result. I just care about getting the victory. If I was a Croatian fan, fan and that's how we went about getting the win today, I wouldn't give a shit, man. I really want it. Yeah. I'm just focused on getting the victory and getting the result. Yes, it can be very boring at times to just see a team sit back and just let the other team come at them, maybe forcing a very midfield-heavy game. But all in all, man, like I'm result-heavy at the end of the day, and so I don't mind it at all. I really don't. Yeah, I never mind how teams play. As long as it keeps the game close, and if they can prove they can get the result, then I consider it fair play, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but I wanted to talk about 
Luka Modric's legacy. My God, dude, what this does to him, because going into this tournament, I didn't think he'd be able to add more, I guess, just content, more more arguments in his favor for why he is as great as he is, because I was saying this Croatian team might get knocked down in the group stage, maybe in the round of 16. Mm. But to see them defeat the World Cup favorite, to be honest, bro, because we're looking at Vegas odds and the way that people were talking about this team, especially myself, the World Cup favorites of this tournament were Brazil. To knock them out, bro, and to reach a semifinal with Luka Modric leading the line, playing his heart out, Real Madrid is going to get an <laughs> a tired Luka Modric. Yeah. But regardless, to do what he has done, to kind of be that poster boy for Croatia, be the leader for them. Because I know that outside of him, there's a ton of other players that are doing amazing, tames, amazing things for this team with Livakovic, Gavardiol, Lovren, Juranovic, Kovacic, Brozovic, yeah, yeah. everyone, Kramaric, everyone, bro. Everyone's doing their part, but... At the forefront is Luka Modric, man, and that experience is showing, showing, showing once again. We have to just give credit to his legacy and what he's been able to do in terms of adding more merit to the already great player that he has become, dude. I mean, bro, I don't know if I've seen any other midfield do what he's midfielder do what he's done in the past eight years at the very least. Wow, this eight-year run he's having, bro, of winning Champions Leagues, winning the Ballon d'Or outside of Messi and Ronaldo. Um, being in the World Cup semifinals back-to-back times and being in one final himself and having the opportunity to be back in the final again, bro. Yeah. Let's... Yeah. <laughs> Y'all with me on this? <laughs> Am I crazy, bro? No. Am I crazy? You're not, man. You're not. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, Modric is in my midfield three all time. And I think it really is because of these World Cup runs. I will all... 20 years from now, Without these World Cup performances, I would be like, oh, yeah, Luka Modric, great midfielder for Real Madrid. Coming up from Tottenham, had some really good Champions League moments, got a couple trophies. But that 2018 run, I think, cemented a very permanent part in my brain about Luka Modric as an all-time great midfielder. And the fact that he's repeating it in the next World Cup tournament, it's cemented even further. To the point where I will never forget the name Luka Modric. I won't. It's going to be one of those. Luka Modric is, for me, one of the best midfielders of all time. Even if he gets knocked out in the semifinal stage, he is incredible. What a player. And, dude, his legacy will live on in my heart for the rest of my life. What's crazy is that you can pick your poison now. With what he's done at the international level, you can be like, well, at the international level, back-to-back semifinal appearances, one final appearance in the World Cup, if you'd like. Hmm. Or you can just look at what he's done at the club level, bro. Right. Five Champions League victories. Yeah. Five Champions <laughs> League victories, dude. That's insane. So you can pick your poison with that and just choose a, uh, choose a path of greatness for Modric, man. So yeah. I want to give credit to him. And I want to preview now the next match that awaits us with Argentina against Croatia. Mm. Your immediate thoughts about this matchup when you hear about what's going to happen. I think this game is going to be pretty much uncallable, man. But not because I don't think there's a clear better team. I just think what we saw today proved that these teams, whether it was Argentina, Brazil, Netherlands, or Croatia, can go toe-to-toe with one another. Any combination of winners today, I think, would give the same tight semifinal match. I really do think so. So, in this universe, we are given Argentina against Croatia. I think it's going to be an incredible semifinal match. I think it's going to be as tight as we saw the quarterfinal games today, and I cannot wait to see what happens. That midfield battle is going to be really interesting because when you think about Argentina and who they face today, I think they faced 
I, I think they'll be able to attack the Netherlands or attack Croatia kind of like they did the Netherlands because the Netherlands has a really good back line. Croatia have a really, really good back line. I think where it's going to get interesting is that Croatia have a world-class midfield. How does Argentina fight that? I think they'll be able to. They've shown that no matter who they're playing, they can always at least contain them to a certain extent. So I think Argentina, for that reason, will keep it tight no matter what. And Croatia, I still question their offensive line, but as they've always proven to me, it does not matter because they can keep any match within one goal. And whether it's Modric finding Orsic, Petkovic, Basalic, uh, Perisic, somebody, somebody on that Croatian side has a goal in them. So if they can just keep it tight, I think Croatia can score. I think it's going to be a tight affair. Can't wait to see who wins. If I had to say who goes through, fuck. Mm. Give me a little bit more time yeah, on let me, that. Let me give you a little bit more time, man. David Sanchez says two scrappy teams, two all-time greats, two legacies on the line, only one winner. I love that. I love that. Because I love that. They are very similar when you think about it. Argentina might be the 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 South American Croatia in yeah. that sense because the grit that both these teams have – there's no way that either of them get blown out in this game. Yeah. There's just no way, man. Yeah. We haven't seen Argentina get truly blown out nah. in this tournament, and nah. we haven't seen the same with Croatia as well. These two teams are so formidable. They have a leader to look to, and Luka Modric and Lionel Messi as well. Barca, Real Madrid, you know, that, that history between them. Right. I think it's a beautiful thing. And then they have so many good surrounding players around them that can keep this game very, very tight, and that will be fighting for the victory. I think that I just, for me personally, bro, I just don't envision Lionel Messi losing a semifinal match knowing that he's one game away from the final. Yeah. I just, when he's this close, I just don't see him not getting the job done. Yeah. You know? I, 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 I think that he just he comes out on top in these, kind of, in these type of situations. He knows what it feels like comparing those Champions League semifinal appearances that he's made time and time again. He knows how to get to a final, bro. And so I think that that is going to come into play as well with all the other team, man. Argentina has made it this far, bro. They made it so far. They fought through hell, man. The media, the give and go was on their ass after yeah. that Saudi Arabia game. To have gone through what they've gone through this tournament and reach a semifinal point, I just think it'd be unforgiving in that sense for them to lose out in the semifinal now, man. Yeah. It's it's what they deserve. It's what I hope I see with Lionel Messi earning himself a spot in the World Cup final at the Qatar FIFA World Cup in 2022, man. He's this close now. He's this close, bro. He's this close. And on the other side, Modric has everything he needs around him to be able to pull off a result. Yeah. So it's, I'm not saying it's going to be easy at all. Right. I'm not. I think it's just going to come to one of those situations where you just got to slightly edge one over the other. And I'm just going to go with my ultimate GOAT, the greatest player of all time, Lionel Messi, figuring it out. And the chat, the thanks. <laughs> the battle of the LM10. Come on, Messi. Look, I love that. Who wins Argentina versus Croatia? It's so so close, and I agree. Argentina at fifty-eight percent, Croatia at forty-two percent. Bro, I just realized who's gonna get more time on the ball, Messi or Modric? I actually think Modric might get more time on the ball. I feel like he's a little bit more involved. He's so involved. Yeah. He, he'll go back to the defensive line, be a center back just to spread the ball. <laughs> like he yeah, loves doing yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, yo, you all notice how with every game, Argentina's opponents are getting better and better, and so and so is the quality of play. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. Argentina is fucked. No way they're beating Croatia. Argentina is too sloppy. Messi is just carrying hard. Fair. That is a take you could take. It 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 is. 
The weak prediction king, says Brian Hall. You guys are horrible at predicting. Well, then, Brian, who are you picking? Tell me right now. Who are you going to go with then? Who do you know is going to win the goddamn World Cup at this point? Because apparently we're just wrong all the time. Jesus Christ. It is funny, though, because when you look at predictions, nobody's good at predictions. Nobody. I think the fact that if you get like 50%, that's actually uh, that's actually pretty good because it's that's why sports gambling exists. If you <laughs> if you can win 50% or more of your predictions, then you've beaten gambling and you could win an infinite amount of money. So if you're if you're 50% or higher then that that's insane. So yeah, predictions nobody's good at them. Nah, man. <laughs> but they're nah. fun. They're fun, bro. <laughs> they're fun, dude. They really are. And I mean the predictions are still in play. You still think European team wins? I mean, my team doubt. my team France is still in. Yeah, your team is still in. Come on so, now. Let's <laughs> not hate. If Messi carries people if Messi carrying people, if Messi carries p- people get mad, if Messi doesn't carry people get mad, let's let the king do his thing. Bro, don't say that gamblers are going to go crazy. <laughs> oh, easy, easy. I've been gambling for 10 yeah. straight years. If there's a gambler, it's me. So I, I can say whatever the fuck I want to when it comes to gambling. But the thing is, bro, I think that's why I love this FIFA World Cup specifically yeah. is because it's been the most unpredictable World Cup. Oh, yeah. The, the amount of madness that's happening, bro, this has not happened before, bro. Yeah. It has not. Maybe in 1942. <laughs> in, in modern football, bro, I think that's why I'm rating it as such a good World Cup. Yeah. This stuff, this stuff we're seeing is unprecedented, mm. truly. Croatia beating Brazil today, bro? That's insane. Uh, Argentina winning the way they did today, but Netherlands getting it a tie in that last minute the way they did, bro? It's unprecedented. This yeah. is insane. Yeah. And I think people are realizing it too now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, that's what people did. Karthik Raja, I've never lost a prediction. My picks don't lose. They just end up on the wrong side of history. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I get that. <laughs> Uh, is Messi the clear favorite for Golden Ball? Argentina's not that good and cocky. Mm. The Yugoslavs are good at sport. Croatia is part of that. No shock. Man, I thought Serbia was going to be that this tournament. Mm. Um, we have Super Chats. Let's look at the Super Chats and see what people have been sending us because we do not want to miss these Super Chats. If you guys want to get our attention, send us a Super Chat and we will make sure to acknowledge it. And while you guys are here, 1.1 thousand of you guys, this is a record for us. Make sure to like the stream, make sure to subscribe and support the channel, man. We really do appreciate it. And uh, like it so that we can show up on other people's home feeds and we can get an even bigger community, man. I want this chat to be popping, bro, popping. So what do we have? Super Chats, we have Lucas 20 says the way Argentina is gaining back their confidence at their we already read this one. We read this one. Um, we read that one. Here we go. Aziz SM says funny if we get another France Croatia final. Oh my god. It'd be crazy. If we get a repeat of that a final. A repeat. Contextually, I would have never imagined it. I would have never imagined that. Cup. Yeah. Oh my god. But shit, man. It's, it's on the line. It's on the line. Oh my it's god. It's truly on the line, bro. I don't truly believe happen. that. That's crazy. Fucking football, man. Ibrahim Ahmed says, people who bet on Croatia are rich today. Do oh, we have yeah. any viewers that bet on Croatia today? Please comment how much you bet and comment how much you made. And we'll check on that in a second. Back to the Super Chats. Anything else we got, man? Jeff S. Send us 10 bucks. Hey, appreciate that. This World Cup has been so much fun so far, and this show makes it even better. Keep up the good work, bros. Dale, 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 ATX. Yes, sir. ATX. <laughs> Ibrahim Ahmed is just fucking spending some cash and i love thank it, you brother thank, thank you, you bro you guys should actually swap the shit american commentators why are they there they don't even scream on goals man 
Fox Network signed these guys, man. Hey, we're open to being we're on open, big man. networks, man. ESPN, <laughs> Fox, CBS, fucking TBS. I'll be anywhere, bro. Anywhere. Please get us on, man. White Heart Shardy says France is lying. That's right. Can I get a growl in the chat? Not on Twitter. he sends us two bucks. Thank you, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. I like that shirt on your uh, profile picture. You're looking fancy. What else we got, man? Like it up, boys. Like it up. Uh, Croatia is born and watch. We're seeing more comments like this again. Is Messi the clear favorite for the golden ball? I don't think so, man. Not with Mbappe still in the tournament. And he's going to have something to say ooh, about that tomorrow. Yeah. Man. He's yeah. going to have something to say about that. Brazil gifted Croatia the victory by leaving their defense completely open. Ordak's actually right on this, man. He's right. For the five minutes that they were open, bro, he, he they, they, they fucked up. Yeah. They fucked up. They gifted Croatia the victory and the goal in that sense because if they just stay composed, bro, for five more minutes, man, you've done great all tournament, bro, mm. then they had no business losing this game. I agree with Ordok, man. <laughs> I agree with Ordok. The referee was horrible for both sides, such an attention seeker, and he had zero Aye. consistency when giving yellow cards and did not follow through when he had to give multiple red cards. Just bad for both. Completely Agreed. agree with that, man. Completely agree with that, man. What's his name again? I keep forgetting. Antonio Mateo Laos. <laughs> Spaniard as hell. All right, guys. Well, let's do the next thing in our streams that we do, which is the match ratings. And today I'm so hyped about this because I want to know which game do you guys think was better. And to start off, we'll do Brazil, Croatia, a game that went 120 minutes based off of atmosphere, based off of entertainment, based off of quality. What did you guys think about this match on a scale of 1 to 10? Was this a 7? Was this an 8? Was this a 9? Was this a 10? I truly think this was a 9 or above. I know that it could have been boring for a few people to watch this Croatian team, but nah, man. I, I translate oh, that to grit. Yeah. Seeing Brazil try to break that team down, seeing Neymar put them in the lead. Oh, my God, dude. And the chaos that ensued with the game-tying goal and then penalties. Yeah. What did you guys think? Eight, but I cry. Nine, ten, a ten, a this nine. This one's a nine for me. I think it's a nine for yeah. me, and I think we're going to have to go nine here. I'm seeing an average of a nine here. Nine, ten, five, then a 9.5. Eight, but the tears flowed. Hell yeah. Eight, nine. We'll go nine for this one. Nine for this one. And then secondly, Argentina against the Netherlands, man. This one, I think, was even crazier. For me, it's the best game of the tournament so far, just as far as drama. I'm going to give this one a 9.5. I think we got a 9.5. 9.5. This might be the game of the tournament, man. Yeah. Might be the game of the tournament. A thousand. I'm seeing a 10. I'm seeing a nine. Ten. Oh, I'm seeing a lot of 10s. Yeah. This has to be it. Gave it to him. We're go you want me to Are we going to give out the first 10 of the World Cup? Yes. Are we going to give it. out the first? If I see a few more tens, are we going to give out the first 10 of the World Cup? I think we're going to have to do it. It's we're going to have to do it. It's done. It's done. Argentina, Netherlands gets a 10 out of 10. The Give and Goes game of the day, but not just that, the Give and Goes game of the tournament. I'll be releasing a spreadsheet with all the match ratings that we've had, this, these whole streams at the end of the tournament, so you guys can look back and see where each game landed. But this game was absolutely a 10 out of 10. I agree. Wow, what a special moment. The first 10, bro. The first 10. Moving on to the next topic, which is match previews. Let's preview the games for tomorrow, man. Two absolute classics await us when we wake up tomorrow and we get to see an African team, bro, in the quarterfinals of the World Cup facing off against Cristiano Ronaldo's, if he starts, or maybe rather, Gonzalo Ramos's <laughs> Portugal. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
Morocco, Portugal is set off to face. It's set off to be tomorrow, the first game of the day. I cannot wait for this one, bro, because we have history on the line here with mm-hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo having the same sort of narrative as Lionel Messi. Will he be able to carry this Portuguese team into the next round? But now you add a little sprinkling of chaos and drama with the fact that he didn't start last game. Yeah. He wasn't able to be part of that starting lineup. And instead, we saw a hat trick, bro. The only hat trick of the tournament in Gonzalo Ramos coming through and stepping up. Will Fernando Santos go with Ramos or Ronaldo in this match? I cannot wait to see. Yeah. This is one of the most excited moments I've been in terms of the buildup and the release of the lineup, man. An hour before this game starts, bro, I'm going to be looking to see what the fuck happens in terms of that starting lineup. Does Gonzalo Ramos or Ronaldo start? I want to see that in the chat. Yeah, yeah. And I want to see what you guys have to say in the poll with Portugal or Morocco. Morocco is chasing history, bro. History, yeah. bro. It's going to be so fun to watch. Uh, I'll be rooting for Morocco to at least keep it tight, and I think they'll be able to. I've actually likened this Moroccan side to like a prime Atletico Madrid side in the sense that Mm. they're so good defensively, but they also have good fullbacks, you know, with Masrawi and then Hakimi on either side that can actually go forward and hurt their opponents. And then you have good offensive talent with Buffal, who had the game of his life last game, and then Ziyech, who's, you know, been very, very good for this Moroccan side. The only thing that they're missing is like a Diego Costa up top to kind of finish off those chances. But their defensive midfield to retain the ball, to get it back, and then to distribute is, you know, probably one of the best in the tournaments, man. Morocco have proven themselves to be a really competitive side at this tournament. Morocco is here in uh, in presentation with the people, the population of Morocco here in Qatar. So I expect that stadium to be Moroccan for the most part. It's going to be so fun to watch, man. The only problem is that I have them facing an upper echelon European side as far as talent is concerned. So I have Portugal winning this game, but I do not think it'll be easy. But I think Portugal will win it, not handily, but maybe by like a two-goal margin if they play the way that they beat Switzerland. Because that team was pure clinical, pure ruthlessness, with Ramos getting a goddamn hat-trick, Joao Felix playing the best game possibly of his career, and then Bernardo Silva doing doing the stuff he always does, especially at club level with Manchester City. If Portugal play the same way, man, I don't know if any team has a realistic chance. I think it'll be hard for Morocco to try and counter those punches those punches that Portugal could throw at them. I'm just done, dude. I'm done predicting. I'm you know predicting the favorite, bro. Yeah, man. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm going <laughs> underdog here. Hell yeah. There's yeah. no logic behind us. Nothing. I'm yeah. just done. I hate this shit. I am gonna go with Morocco. Fuck I'm yeah. going Morocco for this game. The stadium is gonna be Moroccan. Moroccan is what I'm trying to say, but it's gonna be incredible to see. And I'm just I'm chasing history here, bro. I want to see this first African team to be in the semifinal show up and be able to pull it off, bro. I want to see it, man. That's absolutely special to see it in front of their fans. It's going to be an amazing thing. And to do it against this Portuguese side who is flying high right now, I'm going to root for the underdog here, and I'm going Morocco. The The chat itself says, oh, my God, dude. Can you click on 50? 50? 50. 50. The first 10 rating we've Holy had. shit. And the first 50-50. We need votes. We need more votes. If you're in this chat right now, we need you to vote. Oh my God, dude. 49% Morocco, 51% Portugal. It's not 52% Portugal. Oh my God, dude. Bro, yeah, Morocco, no goals conceded, just one own goal this whole tournament. Yeah, yeah, bro. yeah. I'm going Morocco. I'm excited to root for them and to defend them, bro, and fight, fight like I'm Moroccan myself, dude, yeah. because. 
they could do something truly special, Bro. man. Truly if special. The longer they keep it tight, I think the more it'll actually go in their favor as just as far as getting into Portuguese's heads, you know, putting that pressure on them. And that'll only benefit Morocco. So I, I'm with Ordok on this one. I think Portugal's <laughs> better than Morocco, but I'll be rooting for Morocco tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that's fair. Back to 50-50. This is the most even poll we've ever had, I think. Yeah. Portugal ultimately wins at 50%, Morocco 49%. I'm sure there was a few votes that just swung in a different way. But, man, what? what? You going Morocco? No, you're usually wrong. Don't do it. Just kidding, bro. I think Morocco get the edge. Hey, y'all so, y'all, 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 call me out when I'm wrong. But when I'm right, it's crickets, bro. It's crickets. <laughs> I went six for eight in the yeah. round of 16. That's solid. But when I was right, I heard nothing, man. Reynoso the reindeer was ignored completely, man. Left to be left to be alone, man. No credit whatsoever. But the moment I'm wrong, I suddenly start hearing everything from you guys. All right, give me my credit. Ben Lowry, the give and goes lawyer, says, sorry I'm late. If you recall from the last stream, my prediction of Croatia winning came true. I just hope my 2-1 England prediction also happens. Cheers. Dude, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. That's the next game that we're going to preview. But before we do that, Ben Lowry sent another super chat. You're, you boys flying high. And my Portugal versus Argentina prediction is still alive. Watch out for who Portugal starts as center back. No Ruben, no win. Trust me. Mm. Reynoso the GOAT. Thank you, Enrique Rios. I just want a little bit of credit, man. You know, I'm not, I'm not always that, that wrong. Daniel Rodriguez. I mean, the reindeer died last round. Buried with the Brazil result. Shit. Buried. God damn. It's Christmas, bro. You don't gotta bury me, man. You don't gotta bury me, man. It could be a Christmas miracle. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe God damn, comes back dude. to life. Burying me? Jesus, man. Give me a shot. All right. Aziz SM says, as an as an Arab, I'm gonna have to back the Moroccans. Would be huge for the development of football in the region. It dude. would. It Casablanca would. would be popping every yeah. time. We that Casablanca. Didn't they just win the African Champions League too? Yeah, they did. Damn. Yeah, against Alali. We should have seen this coming then. <laughs> we should have. It was a foreshadowing. It was a foreshadowing. <laughs> if anyone's breaking the Moroccan line, it's quote unquote crazy. Bruno Fernandez. Dude, Bruno Fernandez has been incredible, man. Incredible. Yeah, he has. He has. Reynoso dot, dot, dot. <laughs> it sounds so concerning. Daniel Rodriguez, all jokes. Love you, Reynoso. Thank you, my brother. I love you, too. It's just jokes with me. I don't mind being wrong, man. I really don't. And fucking Brazil fucking ruined me today. Vamos, Argentina. Hakimi will go from kissing his mother to kissing the World Cup. Says Ooh, what a transition man, man. that would That's be. That's a dream. That's a dream. All right, let's do the final game to preview here. Yeah, perfect. Ben Lowry asks, ideal game plan if I if England will pull upset against France. Let's talk about France versus England. Possibly, you know, before the quarterfinals started, I thought this would be the, the game of the, the quarterfinals. But now, after what we've seen today, man, it's just crazy that we're going to be given this absolute gargantuan matchup between two European giants and the defending World Cup champions, France, against this high-flying English side. That is looking to make history, bro. Yeah. We have two big teams facing off against each other in the quarterfinals. And I just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see what happens in this game. What kind of matchup we end up seeing happen. Game plan wise, how does each coach approach this? How does Southgate specifically approach this match? But all in all, man, I, I'm truly just excited for this game. I just want to state that yeah, first yeah. before I may have a prediction because this is what the World Cup is about. Yes. Matchups like this, the biggest stage possible in football Two big teams with big players going toe-to-toe -to, -toe to just see who's better, man. Yeah. Which one of us will have bragging rights for the next four years? England or France? I'm hyped. I hope the chat is hyped. And I will reveal my pick 
after I hear what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> For this one, I got to hear what you have to say. I think you put it perfectly. It's two giants going at each other just to see who's better. I think no matter the tactical plan that either manager goes with, I don't think that'll ultimately be the decider of who ends up winning the game. I re I've said this before. I really do think this game is going to come down to big moments, as football usually does come down to. You can't stop Mbappe for 90 minutes. You can, you can, you can, you can quell him. You can calm him down. But he's going to get one big chance, and it's going to be up to him to decide if you live or die. It's not going to be up to your defense or your goalkeeper. It's going to be solely how does Mbappe himself strike that ball? Yeah. Does he hit it just right, or does he whiff it? After that, then it's up to you to strike back. You know, can Bukayo Saka get on the ball? Can Harry Kane finish that one chance that he will get? I said it before. Whether Kane gets a glorious chance to assist one of his wingers or a chance himself, Kane will have an opportunity. And it'll be the same thing as I said for Mbappe. Does Kane pull off that big moment or does he whiff the chance? I don't think it's going to come down to ultimate tactics. I think it's going to be who is better than the other offensively. Because when you look at these two teams, I truly do have them pound for pound very, very similar. Oh, yeah. Especially in setup, in talent, and the way that they approach the game. They have really good back lines and both are actually a little shaky at times. Both have the ability to concede in weird moments. We've, we've oh, heard yeah. so many times of criticizing the French defense, especially criticizing the English defense. They're both similar in that regard, but then they make it up by having world-class midfielders on either side, and then, of course, world-class finishers on either side. I think it's going to come down to who makes the most mistakes and who finishes their biggest chances. I don't think it's going to really come down to tactics. I think the only way you lose this game, though, is if you just get scared. If, if Southgate ends up showing a defensive formation and says, all right, let's not show too much of our colors. If a t or if Didier Deschamps does the same thing for France, which I don't think he ever does, but if a, if a coach gets a little defensive with their tactic, I think that will actually ultimately lead to their demise. But if they just show out, say, boys, let's play our football, I think it's going to go either way. Yeah, I think it's that close, man. <laughs> it's that close. that close. England is overrated, says Karthik Raja. U.S. dominated them for most of their match and their draw. Um, hot take, but England will blow out France tomorrow because of France's shaky defense. But if France was at full strength, then it's not even close. Mm. Harry Maguire, the GOAT, versus cheap Ninja Turtle and PayPal. If England win, I'm going to prepare for those. It's coming home chance to roll out. I agree. Yeah, that's probably what, that's probably what would do it. Ben Lowry says, can Walker slash MCG stop Mbappe on the counter? Key to this game is when one loses the ball in the midfield, which defense can stay in shape quicker and center backs. Yeah, I mean, the midfield battle and as well, the, the whole Mbappe question is huge. Yeah. Who can stop Mbappe realistically, truly? Can Kyle Walker slow him down the way that we've seen him do to other players, bro? Right, Mbappe's right. just on a different realm right now, man. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm getting at is I'm actually really intrigued to see Walker Mbappe as the headliner as far as confrontations concerned on this pitch tomorrow. But... No matter how good Walker plays, Mbappe is going to do him in at least once, I if not so, twice. It so. doesn't matter how good Walker is. And Walker is an elite one-on-one -on -one defender. But Mbappe is Mbappe, man. One of the best one-on-one -on -one offenders in the game. He's going to beat you at least once. But it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch for sure. Oh, that matchup is going to be... Gonna, I think there was a time, what was it? It was uh, Belgium-Brazil in 2018. It was Lukaku against... Um, uh, it was a Brazil center back, and there was a matchup there. I cannot remember his name, 
but I love the matchup yeah. because they're going at it the whole fucking game. And I, I was watching like, damn, this is going to go down in history. Like yeah. the way these two battled it out. Uh, I think that's going to be the same for this one. Yeah. Walker versus Mbappe. The poll says France wins at 54%. It's and France has France at 54% and England at 46%. Perfect. But I want to hear what you guys think about this poll. Here's a poll idea, producer Rudd. Uh, do, uh, I don't know what the question should be, but the poll should be Mbappe or Walker. Who... Who, oh, just who wins that who wins singular the battle. battle? Who wins that battle? Yeah. Who wins the battle? Yeah, there you go. Battle. Yeah, I spelled it right. Perfect. Submit that. Yep. Yeah. Submit that, please. Yes. Perfect. I want to see what the chat thinks. Who's going to come out? Miranda. Miranda is who it was. Miranda ah. and Lukaku had an incredible game. Ben Lowry. Reynoso. England win. Can I send you O2 Beckham's jersey? Damn. Hey, I'd wear the shit out of that, man. Bex, First off, I want to give a shout out to Umbro, bro. They sent me this today. Appreciate that, man. Really do appreciate that Umbro family. Uh, Mbappe wins and PayPal winning nothing. Love the podcast, boys. Love from Australia. Waking up for these games, killing me. But I just can't miss out. Hell yeah, yeah man. We've been complaining, bro, but Australians got it tough. They right got now, it man. tough. Rip that linesman keeping up with Mbappe and Walker. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Chopping, bro. Chopping. <laughs> the poll so far says Mbappe at 68% and Walker at 32%. Okay. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I do think there's a chance for Walker to, in a way, top Mbappe. But for the most part, Mbappe is the favorite here, and he will get... He will do win Walker at some point. Oh, yeah. Maybe even look, make him look like how uh, <laughs> fucking Marcos Llorente looked against Buffalo. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, no. honestly, though. That, that's a potential for that. Varun Raja says, I think Walt Walker will shut down Mbappe, but someone else from France will shine ultimately. Yes. That's the thing. Yeah, France has enough to just, if Mbappe is off, someone else can step up. Yep. Same thing goes for England, though. Exactly. That's Fuck, why. I, man. That's why I see this is so tight, man. If you shut down one player, there's always a potential for a Jack Grealish off the bench to just dribble past a couple players. Not that he does it on a consistent basis, but he does have it in his in his toolbox. Yeah. yeah. So it's just you never know with these type of matchups. So your pick is who? My my pick is France, but I just won't be surprised if England win this. Not even in penalties. Like if England win this outright, I'd be like, yeah, they they deserved it. Like yeah. I I'm going France, but England could very well win this. In their own right. I'm going France. I'm going France mainly because uh, experience. I think mm. a little bit of experience comes into play here. England, I don't think, has faced an opponent this big, bro. This big. Because even if you look at 2018, they faced off against Sweden in the quarters and then Croatia in, uh, in the semis. True. A team this big, bro, yeah. it's scary, man. It is truly scary. This is another heavyweight in world football. And I think it's going to get to them Get to them ultimately. El Sombra Regio 7 says, fun stat. Brazil has only won three shootouts in major tournaments in the modern era from 98 onward. Last one in 2014, I believe that was against Chile. Croatia has won all of its penalty shootouts minus Euro 2020. History favored Croatia. And also, I remember we got a stat last time that said Brazil hasn't beaten a European team in the knockout stages since, what, like 98 or 2002? I think since they won it. Yeah, since yeah, they won it. Yeah. And that continues. That's crazy. That's crazy because they beat an AFC team in round 16, but then in the quarters, they faced off against Croatia, yeah. and they still lost, man. That's crazy, man. That's insane, bro. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, yeah, in the, in the who wins the battle pool. And I think now, you know, we've been we've already been going for an hour 40, man, but this chat is way too active. This is so many people that we have on right now. 
I want to see uh, what questions do you guys have from us, whether it's a super chat or just a regular chat. What do you guys have for us? We'll read it out loud and answer your questions here for the next five, 10 minutes before we go and prepare for tomorrow's shoot. We've read all the super chats, producer rub. We're good on that. So let's look back at the chat and see what people are saying. Any questions you guys have for us in regards to the World Cup, in regards of us, anything you got. Who wins? At Wembley pool? I keep seeing Wembley shit, man. I think they're just saying England's not as good outside of Wembley. So they're just huh. saying, like, if England was playing at Wembley, they'd probably have a higher percentage, maybe. Every time you support a team, Reno, so it loses. Cursed. Ha 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 It's an evil laugh I'm hearing. Uh, that's not true. Are you guys planning anything for the days there's no game? So far, not totally sure. Honestly, we like to rest on those a days. Man. Rest would be so yeah. nice, man. Toronto's <laughs> <laughs> on two hours of sleep right now. So. <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Messi or Mbappe? <laughs> Fuck, dude. After what I saw today, it's a lot closer. It's a lot closer. Oh, yeah. It's a lot closer. Yeah. If, if Mbappe doesn't have as good a game as he has been, I'm going to put the edge to Messi right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the court, yeah. Tomorrow's performance will define that for us. Question for Saltero. If Argentina beat Croatia and play better than how they played against the Netherlands, do you give them a chance in the final to potentially lift the trophy, says get X muted? Ultimately, no, because I still don't see Croatia as the top-tier European side where they have elite talent in all three fronts. I still think Croatia's offensive front three isn't elite. It's very good, and it's European good, which is why I you know, rate this Croatian side. But when, when, if Argentina ultimately face a France or an England or a Portugal, there is top quality in every single line. And I, I, and I don't think that a Croatia game will prepare Argentina for that. Although I will say, Argentina will still have a good chance. I'm not going to say they're going to outrun. I'm not going to say they're going to outplay. Like I said, their grit today has shown me that they are a top four side in the world. This Argentina side is very good, but not, just not good enough to lift the trophy in my eyes. Oh, please. Mbappe could never do that pass back to the Mbappe-Messi debate. And I do agree. But at the oh, same yeah. time, Messi wouldn't have that finish that uh, Mbappe had against Did uh, you see those Poland, finishes, bro? bro? My Messi God. wouldn't have that. The mm. way he hit the fucking ping that ball. Yeah. Would y'all take Luis Enrique as Mexico's manager? Hell no, bro. We don't got the talent for Luis Enrique right now. This World Cup is Messi's. It's written in the stars. Does Cristiano Ronaldo 7 start? <sighs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I think Fernando Santos was so bold in the fact that he was able to not start Ronaldo and to see it play out in such an incredible way. Why would he start Ronaldo? Yeah. Why? You know, like I, it would go against the boldness that he showed in the round 16. Yeah. So, and it's not like the game itself was tight, cagey, and they won it. Because if, if so, he'd be like, oh, shit, maybe I should go back to Ronaldo. But they won it in style. So it's like, yeah, you're right. Why would he revert back if it worked not only did it work, man, it, it worked tenfold. So I, I'd say, no, Ronaldo shouldn't start just because of how big that win was yeah. against Switzerland. What will the podcast look like after the World Cup? Uh, scroll up for me, producer Ryan. Uh, will you do lives after match days in Premier League or Champions League? I think we'll have a schedule like uh, Mondays and Thursdays we'll go live. Yeah, that'd yeah, be fun. We'll just see whatever games happen on those days. We'll recap. Time, we'll recap. The we'll weekend, react. maybe, like on Mondays, yeah. and then Thursdays, recap maybe Champions League or something. Yeah. Yeah. Karthik Raja, besides benching Ronaldo, which manager moves have most impressed you this tourney? That's fun. That's fun. I think we, we've seen some really bold calls. I mean, Louis Van Hall with that free kick call right there, I thought was masterful. 
mm. masterful. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I thought Tata Martino's way of managing the Mexico team has been an absolute clat non play. <laughs> nah, fuck that. Uh, no, nah, I don't know who else. I don't know who else has stood out to me. The only thing that does stand out is though Scaloni's immediate decision to start Enzo Fernandez and also to start Julian Alvarez. I think they've both worked out really well. He's also benched Di Maria in these last two games. Yeah. I think Scaloni has actually been able to adapt this starting 11 as the tournament's gone on. It's not something immediate. It's low-key like Santos. In, in later stages, he's been like, ah, okay, maybe I don't start Ronaldo. I see the same thing with Scaloni in a couple of his decisions. And for me, you know, it, it's worked. So, yeah, I, I put Scaloni up there with really good adaptation moves this tournament. I would actually say England now that I think about it. I think Southgate has gotten it right so far, especially against Senegal. Oh, um, yeah. Foden, but also starting Saka over Rashford, who was really hot, ended up being the correct decision. Too. True. So I think Southgate has been really good so far, but I think tomorrow will ultimately show his true colors against an absolute masterful <sighs> opponent, man. I can't wait for the ben game. Ben Lowry, $2. When are we getting a Patreon, boys? Need more. We have a Patreon, but there's just no content on there. We've been thinking about other ways to do that, but for now, we're going to stick to these live streams because... I just love the format, man. I really do. I love being able to talk to you guys directly here on YouTube. And personally, I think YouTube is just going to continue dominating this space. And so why not just keep the program on here? What do you guys think about coaches leaving their teams? Bro, Cheech is out. Cheech is out. Oh, Tata Martino's yeah. out. I think I've seen another number of coaches that are just Dang, out. Dude, I forgot to talk about Cheech, man. Regardless of the result, whether Brazil lifted the World Cup trophy or not, he was always going to leave after mm -hmm. this uh, after this tournament. And... That just doesn't sit right with me, man. I don't like that. And, it, and not from a like respect point of view. I respect Chiche's decision to do that. I'm talking about from like a fan perspective. Like Chiche is like a father figure, not only just to this team, but like to, to fans. Like knowing that every time Brazil suit up, you're going to see Chiche yeah. on that sideline. That's a security that I, that I long for. You know, especially when we're talking about USA and Mexico who have debacled uh, debacle situations with their coaches, you know, but Brazil have had such a sturdy coach in Chiche and for him to not even consider staying, I, 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 it doesn't sit right with me, but obviously I respect the decision because I'm sure he's just, you know, he's done. He's, he, he wants a break. He's, I'm sure the stress levels, the time away from friends and family, he, you know, he wants that time back. I get it. But from a fan perspective, it sucks because ultimately, dude, let's talk about this. Who replaces Chiche, man? Who? Because that's another thing. I was talking about boys. I was saying it'd be dope if Pelé was on the sideline. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, truly. like a Maradona type like a, of. Fuck, but Pelé coaching specifically, I yeah. know he's not. He's not in the health to do it nowadays. But back in his prime, like ten years after he'd retired, oh yeah, Pelé coaching. Now I think it's really interesting. I wonder if one of those legends like Ronaldo, Roberto Carlos, maybe right. steps in, or if there's like a Brazilian tactical mastermind maybe working his way up in fucking Germany right now with some shit yeah. that uh, could potentially be a candidate, but I don't know of any right now. That's the thing, though, is that, and I would love to know the stat. First off, Brazil only hire Brazilian coaches. It's like Argentina. They only hire Argentinian coaches. And the problem is, or whether it's a problem or not, depends on what you think, most Brazilian coaches only coach in Brazil. So you immediately narrow down your coaching selection to just the league of Brazilian football. So it's like, at that point, you're just looking at like, not Palmeiras because they're coached by Portuguese. So you're just looking at maybe Flamengo's coach, who I think is Brazilian, maybe Corinthians coach, and maybe, well, no, Atletico Paranaense's coach is uh, Felipe Scolari. And he's, he's coached Brazil yeah. like four times already. <laughs> so you can't go back to that. So it's like, I, there's not a direct successor for me regarding Brazil's national team, yeah, man. Duca Ferretti? 
Hey, that'd be dope. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm so curious to see who they Someone appoint. Someone said Kaká is thinking about entering managing as well. Okay. Kaká. Ben Lowry, Saltero, uh, U.S. men's national team begging Burhalter back. What are your thoughts? I don't dislike Burhalter. I really don't. I think he's a good coach. He's been able to shape this team to be very competitive. I've said it so many times, and I say it one last time, even though they're not in the tournament anymore, the most talented and the most competitive U.S. side at a World Cup. And I know they made it farther in tournaments past, and maybe they've been closer, but I think they're just facing different opponents. It was a different era. This is the modern era of football, and the U.S.A. was able to go toe-to-toe with England and have a chance against the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people disagree with that, and maybe we'll talk about that post-tournament, but I think Burhalter actually did a good job. I wouldn't mind him coming back even though it wouldn't happen i would love for him to give like a four-year plan so i know that he's thinking right right. i'd like that for him to stay on like a proof of point to be like all right guys if you want me back on here's what i hope to achieve next year the year after here's where i hope to be the year before the world cup if i like that i'd be like all right sign him back on obviously i can't get that so it's like maybe i'm leaning more towards finding somebody else this one's 50 50 for me because i do like burhalter but is he the guy? Is he the guy to lead the USA to World Cup glory? I don't know because I said it already. I'll say it one last time real quickly. He made some weird choices starting lineup-wise in this World Cup. Number nine position at the back starting Tim Ream after not selecting oh, him for yeah. the last two years. Really interesting decisions. And I don't, for example, like a Louis Van Hall, I don't think he'd make a decision like that. You know what I mean? I need, maybe a little, right. I, I need yeah. a little bit more solidity possibly. But yeah, so it's it's 50-50 for me right now. I'd have to think about it more. Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. I would want Burhalter back. I'm not completely out on the whole yeah. Burhalter out thing for the USA. I think he what he did at the end of the day was good, was solid. Maybe not super impressive, but was solid. Yeah. And I think if he can just better, if he can go better about just kind of managing the team on a game-to-game game basis, I do think his calls can be a little weird at times. But if he gets better options also to deal with, he might be that guy. Um, and I don't think there's better options out there to be completely honest. That's the thing, unless Clint, Clint Dempsey wants to fucking coach or something. <laughs> Deuce. Uh, super chat here from Ibrahim Ahmed. Last super chat for today, boys. I'll be back. Vamos. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. David Sanchez, $10. Thank you, bro. Prem is a great league, but English teams don't get results on the world stage. Any chance other leagues overtake the popularity, keep their quality, and hold on to their players? For example, Ramos at Benfica. So sort of like the World Cup having an influence on how leagues kind of go about transactions and their quality with, you know, Portugal being such a transactional league where they build up a lot of talent, but then they sell it. Could potentially the World Cup performances influence that approach, I guess. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Oh, so for example, since Ramos scored a hat-trick, maybe he stays at Benfica rather than immediately getting sold. What I love about football specifically is we essentially have two different sports. We have club football and we have international yeah. football. The two are linked, but it's a, it's a weak link, you know? It's, it's there, and they do affect each other, but not enough to, I think, dictate league popularity. So I think no matter how good it gets for a specific player, a specific country, I don't think it'll ever affect the actual status of their own league. Yeah, like imagine Mexico wins the World Cup and Liga MX becomes the top three league in the world. That'd be dope, though. That'd be, fucking That'd be dope. amazing. That's all it took? There's an influx of like Portuguese, French, and German <laughs> players. That'd be crazy. They just start showing up at Cruz Azul. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Ben Lowry, $5. Last chat, boys. I have family that are doing the hospitality for Euros 2024 in Hamburg. 
Please have your producer hit me up for potential TikTok. Producer Rudd, we'll get wow. you on that right away. Thank you, Ben Lauer. We'll talk to you, my friend. Hopefully, we get to meet you someday, man. Germany 2024. Yeah, I'd be down for that, bro. Yeah. Uh, NBGV Michael says $5. What are you guys' thoughts on the Copa America possibly being in the U.S. with the USA, Mexico, and Canada being in it? I think that's all for the better, man. Yeah. I think, honestly, the Americas should collaborate to just kind of maximize each other, man, to just make the most of each team. My question is, does South America need us? Do they mm. truly need us, man? Do they yeah. need that USA crowd and money? Potentially, but in terms of being an actual test for them, I wonder, man. I wonder if they could get as much utility out of them as we would get out of... If they could get as much utility out of us as we could get out of them. I feel like the USA, Mexico, and Canada could really utilize a Copa America. But the other way around, I just don't see it, man. I really yeah. don't. Yeah, that's a good point. I think ever since the Copa America Centenario, it was immediately proven that this was a really lucrative venture to transition the Copa America to the United States because there's so many immigrants here. And whether people want to or not, they will fly out to the oh, USA yeah. because it's just it's the, the US, USA. man, the land of entertainment. So people are not afraid to come here. So from a money's perspective, yeah, Comebol, I think, really like that idea. From a quality trading perspective, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think South America doesn't need us as much as we need them. Although I will say having teams like USA and Canada, and I'll throw in Mexico, <laughs> um, I actually do think could help, could help South American teams a little bit. I do think so because there's a certain point where Ecuador-Bolivia doesn't lead to anything anymore. Whereas Ecuador might want to face like a Mexico and get a true better test before playing in Argentina or Brazil. So I think it could definitely help some of those teams. Yeah. 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 And it just make for an entertaining tournament. That's it would. Thing. It yeah, would. It's just nice to see Mexico go up against like Venezuela or some shit. Yeah. USA against Argentina. Like there's good moment moments to come from that. So yeah, absolutely. I agree. But I think we're going to end the stream there, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, for watching us, for liking, subscribing, commenting. And if you're on Spotify, make sure to rate us five stars. Thank you guys so much. The longest stream we've ever made, mm. the most viewers we've ever had, a hell of a stream. And I cannot wait to do this again tomorrow. Hope you guys get some good rest. It's Friday night. Have a good night, folks. And we'll see you guys soon. Peace. Peace.